In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glover's Past from the Glover's Cast. I'm Ian and I'm here with Dave to speak to another green and white legend. On this episode, we welcome a mercurial midfielder from a generation of success at Hewish Park. He scored historic goals, had the keys for many a defence as we killed Giants, won trophies and finally, after 108 years, reached the Football League. We're delighted to welcome Nick Christendon to the Glover's Cast. Welcome, Nick. Pleasure. Pleasure to be there. Yeah, I enjoy the show. I want to say I love the show, so... Uh... Yeah, good work. He's getting his sweetness up already, and I think, yeah, we'll have to go easy on him. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. Um, no, we... On the show, real pleasure. Oh, well, the pleasure is all ours, believe me. <laughs> um, we, we normally start these interviews from the moment the player arrived at Yeovil, but you'll have to forgive us for asking you at the start of your career at Chelsea. I understand you were a Chelsea supporter, so... Just let us know the experience of what it was like being at the club with the likes of Rude Hullet, Gianfranco Zola and Frank LeBeouf were at Stamford Bridge. Did you did you came on for Zola in one game after he'd scored a hat-trick, didn't you? I did, yeah. It's one of my... <laughs> something that will live with me forever, I think. A lot of people remember that. Um, he scored his only Premier League hat-trick against uh, Derby County and um, Rude Hullet, he was manager at the time. I was on the bench and he just said, Give me five minutes to go and have a run up top. So, um, yeah, it went on. Uh, had a little run around for sort of five, ten minutes or so. And um, we didn't really get much to the ball. But, yeah, it was a real amazing experience. Um, well, Chelsea were one of, the, one of the sort of first clubs to start importing all the foreign players. So, at the, at the time, I was a young sort of apprentice. Um, and, and they bought over Rude Hullet. Um, who, who sort of came over because of Glenn Hoddle and, and then sort of the, the influx of, of foreigners followed sort of. And I, and I ended up being a, a young lad sort of training with the first team, playing with players that had won the World Cup. I mean, Didier Deschamps, uh, Marcel Desailly, um, Rude Hullet won the Ballon d'Or, um, Frank Leboeuf. Um, it's incredible play. It was, it was an incredible time to be at the football club and 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 to be a sort of a small part of um of that and and the experience sort of will never never forget. Yeah, and and um, I know I know you've still got that picture, haven't you? Of you of you replacing Zola, shaking hands as you go off the pitch. Yeah, well, that was yeah. my. I actually played. Um, I started a um, uh, Coca Cola Cup. It's Coca-Cola Cup back in the day against Southampton. Um, I started um, a first-team game there, went into extra time. We beat them 2-1. And then I sort of had a real, real good game. Um, and, and I was involved in the first team for sort of the next couple of months, really, um, on and off the bench, um, made a few appearances. Um, and then sort of out of nowhere... Um, 
Rutolik got the sack. Um, was it Viali took over then? And there, there seemed to be a few yeah. more of the foreigners came in around that time. Was yeah. I mean, was that did did you realise then that it could be could be over for for, for you as a Chelsea player, or did you hang around bit, a bit? I didn't really get too much of a too much of a chance under Luca Viali. Um, we would we obviously liked me quite a lot, and and I would have. Um, Certainly, I played a few more games and had a couple more opportunities. I I travelled with the first team probably another three or four times when Luca took over, and then come to the end of that year, they brought in a whole host of new signings, and suddenly you're back in the reserves and um, with no chance. Um, but again, I, I I'm not going to grumble. I mean, that's something that will follow me around forever. A lot of people say sort of, oh, you play for Chelsea, it just follows you around everywhere. Um, and people remember my sort of, it's quite an unusual name and um, sort of people sort of pick up on it and remember it. So it's, it's something that I look back on as, as good, obviously, amazing times. Um, what could have been might have been different if Rude would have stayed. Um, but you, you never know, do you? You never know at all. There was a little spell there at Plymouth, wasn't there? Was it the season after you had a, a couple of games at Plymouth? Yeah, season after I went on, on loan to Plymouth for a month. Um, played a couple of games, um, didn't get on too great. Um, and then I was back after a month, um, didn't really kind of work out. Um, yeah, well, the first game we had was Billy Carlisle away, I think, on a Tuesday. <laughs> Plymouth. I went, drove down to Plymouth, got on the coach to Carlisle away, and um, it was a hell of a journey, and then, and then back the next night we had a resi game the next the next day. So it wasn't a great. <laughs> I don't look at that as a great experience. I played a couple of games, but I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do myself any justice whatsoever at all. I thought going from Lancashire to Haven't was stupid enough, but Plymouth to Carlisle, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> so many times, like with um in the conference for years, and um, it's never a nice place to go. Never, <laughs> no. So it was it was summer two thousand before you made the move to Somerset when Dave Webb was in charge. Was it him or Skivo, a fellow Chelsea youngster, who sort of persuaded you to come to Somerset? It was uh, so I had a call from Steve Thompson. Um, I wasn't really sure where Yeovil was to be honest at the time. Um, I heard a rumor that they used to train up in um, Wokingham or somewhere like that. So. Um, I spoke to Tomo. He said, come down. I had a couple of offers to go. Um, I could have gone to Barnet and I think uh, Colchester. Um, I had a couple of offers, but obviously I knew Skiver. I knew a lad um, who you've had on your show, Ben Smith. Yeah. Uh, I knew of Ben because I went to college with him. He was at Arsenal when I was at Chelsea. So we sort of had, knew each other from, from those days. And then I went down to... Um, I was a bit in and R and didn't really want to sort of drop out the football league. Um, but I went to play the game at um, Portland away was my first game in a pre-season. I think we won sort of 5-1 or something, 6-1. I scored a goal from 30 yards. Um, and Dave Webb offered me a contract, I think, in the changing room after the game. <laughs> Bloody hell, uh, what a place to be to get your first contract in <laughs> Portland away. Jesus. It went there really and I just you know I just had a good game and it, and it set me off on a good foot and I thought oh I could get on well with these with these lads he just had a young uh, Dave Webb 
put together a young group of lads that were in a similar situation to mine, been released from bigger clubs, had had hopefully something to prove, and um, and and it just felt like the right place at the right time, and and, and it, it turned out to be that as well. Mm. I mean, Dave Webb was obviously a bit of a legend at Chelsea as well, wasn't he? And we've we've heard some some stories. Um, as I say, Ben Smith mentioned a few stories about him, and Roy O'Brien told us a few, uh, told us he was a sort of no nonsense kind of character. I mean, how, how did you find him? Yeah, you didn't mess with him. Whatever he said, <laughs> if he said something, you 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 had to you just did it. Um, actually, he he didn't really get involved too much with the training you wouldn't yeah. see him a lot of the times all week or he'd turn up at half 11 when you're having the five side at the end he, he let Tomo get on with a lot of the training and, and and even before game you wouldn't see him until about 10 to 3 when you came back from your warm-up back in you know they go back in the change room for about 10 minutes he'd come down then basically give you a couple of words of advice say this is what I want you to do and and um and, and and do it um and and it kind of worked it's not it's nothing that i've experienced before sort of tomo would read out the team sheet before he'd tell you the system you were playing and um, but dave webb would then come down five ten minutes before the game give you all a further bit of instructions and 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 it kind of and what it, it just worked so i don't know i don't know why or how but um he he, he just had this sort of way about him that he didn't say much, but, you know, when he did say something, you, you knew you had to do it. Um, otherwise, you were, um, yeah, well, if you didn't care who you were, you, you just had to get on and do it. Who was um, it? He, uh, I think it was Ben Smith told us he, he threatened to hang someone from a, a floodlight. Glenn Paul, I think. Glenn Paul, he was, was it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was at the game for some reason. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, <laughs> he, he's not listening. He's not listening, it's fine. <laughs> But he didn't, yeah, he just had that aura about him where, yeah. where um, you just you just knew that if he said something to you, you he wasn't messing about and you, no. you went and I did that. And he also had the respect that, um, obviously, of a man that has been there, done that, scored goals in the final, played in every position for Chelsea, I think you did. Um, he did. He's, um, you knew, you knew to trust what he was doing and he wanted the best, the best for you um and and that that year we hit the ground running we were i think we were 15 points clear at christmas we were two games in hand or something stupid like that um yeah how different was it going from your premier league experience and being at a club like, like chelsea to then coming down to a club like yeovil was that like a bit of like an adjustment a bit of a culture shock for you it was, it was, but it made you also realise that um, it, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to make a career in football. I I, I, I did a two-year YTS at Chelsea. I then signed a three-year professional contract. Um, and you think, you, you kind of think that coming out of Chelsea, you think you can, you can go and play in, a league team you could go and sort of um play anywhere you want but it's not that it's a learning curve but it's not it's not that easy to go and step from playing youth team football or to playing reserve team football to then go into a first team even at non-league level um you see kids now that are coming out of academies think that they can go and walk in first teams at non-league they just can't do it because there's there's good players 
um, littered around everywhere. So when, when I left Chelsea and come down to Yeovil, um, I learned so much more playing at Hewish Park in front of two and a half, three thousand fans that we had than I was playing at Kingstonian for um, uh, Chelsea reserves in front of 50 people where it's all about keeping the ball, running, getting the first team players fit. Whereas actually coming into the Yeovil's first team, it was results-based business and you've got to learn quickly actually how to win games um, and what it takes to win games. Um, otherwise, you ain't going to last long. Uh, the club, had, I think the season you arrived, literally just turned full-time. That happened when, when Dave mm. Webb arrived, I think. I mean, did you feel at that time that there was something building here? Did that? Did you get that sense that there was on the up? We didn't really sort of sense it. We won the first game here. I remember the first game we won here 2-0, I think. Yeah. And then I think we went to boston and got beat four nil the next game or something like that yeah you're um, right four one it was yeah yeah so yeah, it's a bit of a sort of wake up call but but after that we we just felt i don't know what it was we just felt invincible it was sort of we we we, we i tell you what we were a full-time team like you say um young fit lads that could run all day playing against part-time teams and, and we used to sort of i don't know run them into the ground we had a bit of quality as well we had some real good good players and, and, and it shows that we've I mean we beat uh, was it Colchester 5-1 yep. who was League One League One team I think at the time so you that ain't no fluke you can't <laughs> um, we went to Blackpool obviously um, went to Bolton give them a great game for 90 minutes um, we, we had a real sort of real strong although it was young we had a real strong belief that, that we were a good team and that, that we could we could challenge anyone yeah, I think that that season it was a, like you said it was a real useful side. Anthony Tonkin, Andy Lindegaard, James Bent, and yeah, like you said, that was a very very energetic team. Come mm. come come October and, and um, Dave Webb packs up and goes to South End, um, yeah. and Colin Addison came in. What was your feeling at at the time? And the players we've spoke to before said it was quite a different management style with Colin compared to Dave Webb. It. It was, but I really, I really like working for Colin Addison as well because he was another one. He just let, he, he came in. He, he knew he didn't have to change too much. Um, he 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 let the let, let the lads get on with it. Really, that's the team picked its picked itself. He didn't have to sort of juggle around. I think he got Ma McKindo in, didn't he? I think towards the end of that season. Um, Again, he, he had a really good run when he when he first came in. We we were still winning games every week. We mm -hmm. were really doing, but but towards the end of the season, when it really um, when we really needed to knuckle down and be professional, he kind of let it go a little bit. You could probably get away with what you wanted to do. Um, yeah, maybe he would do it different. Um, I mean, he took us. We we used to we went away to Bournemouth. We took us on nights out, um, things like that. But it, I mean, Rushton, who we ultimately ended up losing the the, the league to, were a, a real professional outfit. They had a beautiful ground. They had a hell of a playing budget, probably three or four times what we had at the time. Um, and um they did everything properly they had they had resources coming out their ears and and we um 
we ultimately ended up blowing up. You could possibly blame the cup run as well. I mean, we got to the third round of the FA Cup that year. Um, again, there's multiple factors that could have um, cause it caused it. But if Dave Webb had stayed, maybe we might have won it. I don't know. Who, who, who would know? Yeah, we'll yeah. never know, will we? But you, you've mentioned there about the, the FA Cup run, and it's probably the one thing everyone remembers about Colin Addison's time, time at the club. And obviously, probably your most famous goal, the winner in that, that tie-up at Blackpool. What do, you, what do you remember about that day, apart from the fact it was very wet? <laughs> yeah, the pitch was awful. The pitch was horrible. Um, I don't think that I remember not being able to stand up in the first half, really. And there was a bit down in the left wing where I was playing at the time um, that was um, real boggy. And I don't think the game, had it not been on Sky, it would have been would have been on. But again, we, we went there. They were flying high in League Two at the time and, and um, went there. They, 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 we rode our luck a little bit. Tony Pennock had a, an incredible game that day, yeah. I remember. And um, like a we blessed played, goal, wasn't it? That? <laughs> Yeah, and and we um I scored the goal that everyone seems to remember me for um and that's it really I, I can't really I remember um it was a hell of a journey I went back with Pipe we we didn't go back on the coach we went back with David Piper's dad he, he used to drive back. Um, but we went back and um had a few beers on on the way back and it was yeah a, a great a great occasion um it, like so many people I meet obviously I'm still around Yeovil now. That that just oh, I was at Blackpool. So many people mention me every, almost like every every week. Oh, I was at Blackpool and you scored that goal. Um, yeah, I, so. I always remember that the at uh, the final whistle and there's all the photographers go round you and you've just got you're like absolutely drenched and <laughs> you're just there all saying put your arms up and you look like <laughs> I, I just want to get out of this uh, kit. I'm absolutely soaked. It was awful. Yeah, it, it was, was terrible. Ground was awful as well, wasn't it? The ground was yeah. like half. Um, they had you all in one little corner of the ground. Yeah, I remember that terrace in the in the corner of the ground. Literally, you were standing on it, and it was falling away under your feet because it just like concrete was just breaking up. It was, uh, it was, but yeah, what a what an atmosphere that was when that one went in. Yeah, it was a good yeah. day. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it pops up every year around October yeah. on Twitter at Christmas to go. <laughs> If they can say no, I'm 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 happy for that day. Yeah, and like you said, that it was quite the run, the five one at Colchester, and then the the trip to Bolton as well. I think it was super sub Michael Ricketts who broke our hearts that day. Mm-hmm. When you're in the moment and in the time playing all these big clubs and and you know this giant killing reputation of of Yeovil Town, is that you know are you thinking about that when you're going up against these? teams i think you just want to prove to yourself and to everyone that you can compete at those kind of levels um which, which we did we went to bolton we we conceded i think 42nd minute and then 90 something minutes and they had to bring all their sort of uh big boys off the bench to to kind of beat us but um yeah i think you look at trying to pitch yourself in those levels to prove to yourself that you can do it and and i mean we we all wanted to play for Yeovil at the time. I mean, you look at things now, and and if you've got a, if you're a young lads playing in sort of conference or conference staff, you have a head of a cup run. You you would then expect two or three of those players to go on and get moves to sort of bigger people coming in, scouts coming to watch you and stuff. But we we all wanted to stay and play at Yeovil because we just 
loved it so much. It was a real good, I mean, the, the, the huge park when it was sort of rocking with four and a half thousand people, it was an incredible place to play on a Saturday. Um, I mean, we, we, we didn't want to go anywhere else. We, we had such a good team camaraderie. Um, we had uh, Warren Patmore up top who could just bang goals in, Skivo at the back, and then everyone else was pretty much um, sort of 18, 19, 20, just um, loving playing football. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, Bolton side. I mean, just looking at it here, they brought on Kevin Nolan. Obviously, they went on to have a great career. Dean Oldsworth, again, a Premier League striker in, in, in his day. Mike, Michael Ricketts, who I think got called up for England that um, that, yeah. that season because of his form. So to run them, you're right, 44 minutes, John O'Kane scored and, and Michael Ricketts in the 90th minute. To run them as close as we did was... Mm. Yeah, pretty pretty special. We but felt like we couldn't do, do much wrong, to be honest. It's a strange feeling in fo in football when when you're playing really really well and you you you're got full of confidence. Like I remember going there and and just not being nervous, just going in front of twenty thousand fans, wherever many were there, and just going out and like your kid playing football down the park. You just think, God, what like we're flying. Do you know what I mean? We're we're going to give these a good game, and 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 we we did. Um, we had a few. We had. We obviously took the lead and then um, Barrington Bell gave had a good chance, I remember. It could have been a different story. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just it's taking that sort of togetherness and the, the, the sort of the uh, confidence and, and multiplying it by 11. And it was sort of real one. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we felt invincible till the end when we started losing every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a sticky end, wasn't it? But you mentioned that obviously Rushton pipped us to promotion, Colin Addison left, and, and then Gary mm. Johnson arrived. I mean, a, a lot of players we've had on, on, on these interviews have told us about the sort of immediate impact that, that Gary um, made. I mean, you were there before he arrived. How, how did you see things change when he did come to the club, Gary? Yeah, well... Gary came in and just took what was a good team um, with potential and sort of um, ability. He, he just took it to another level. He took it to a professional, um, right, this is what you're doing. He, he just took the team absolutely to another level. And, and it, it didn't, it, not, not straight away, because we didn't have a great start that sort of the first season that Gary took over. Um we we struggled a bit for a while. It took a while because he got a few new players in. Lee, he got obviously got his son in. Got Colin Pluck in. Um, Steve Cott. He got sort of a handful of new players that sort of didn't settle immediately. Um, and and obviously everyone was expecting from the season before we finished second to Russian with no Russian and diamonds in the league. They thought we were going to go go and sort of um, win every week, but it didn't sort of pan out that way to begin with. Um, but again, he just took the professionalism of the team to another level. He wasn't having people going out drinking, um, even on a Saturday. Um, he 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 made us made make packs where he wouldn't go out all week, all, all season long. Um, didn't necessarily happen, but um, yeah. <laughs> but he 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 was professional. He had he, he obviously got Lee Johnson, Skivo, Darren Way as his sort of main men that he he got to. Um, sort of um, look after the change room for him, um, and and it just the whole the whole place just went more a hundred percent more professional overnight. Um, 
and we reap those rewards within a couple of years within the Football League. Yeah, like the first season ended with the FA Trophy win. Yeah. Having come so close to promotion, were you disappointed not to have challenged more for the title or was that silverware important? Yeah, we, had a, we had a poor start to that season. I remember for, for our standards... Um, and and I think there were some quite big big sides in in that league at the time, sort of Doncaster. Um, I mean, Gary was desperate to win a trophy by the end of the year. He wanted to win something that year. It was quite obvious, sort of second half of the season, that we weren't really going to win the conference. So they desperately wanted to win something. And and f- thankfully, another incredible achievement for the f- for that team to to win the the FA Trophy, which was um, again something that. Um, I still get stopped in the street for now. Like, oh, you were in the team that played at Villa Park. Um, it was um, yeah, an incredible occasion. But it was, it was, yeah, it was quite evident that we weren't going to win the league. So I know Gary desperate. He was desperate to win the FA Trophy that year. Yeah, we we can't talk about the FA Trophy uh, run and, and and the final, of course, without mentioning Adam Stansfield. Um, you you came back uh, last summer before last for the for the for Legends game and uh, back on back on the pitch. What do you remember about him as a player, and what do you remember about that day, the Legends uh, game that there was? Yeah, that was a fantastic occasion. Um, I remember I used to win with Adam quite a lot on away games. Um, I remember actually being injured with him after he broke his leg um, quite badly at Dorchester. Um, I I was out for about eight weeks or so, probably even more, with a, with a hamstring injury. And um, we would, um, I would I would go with Tony Farmer again, someone who's passed on again. Um, he, he used to take us, me and Stano, down to um, Burton Bradstock every <laughs> every. Um, Every morning of the week, we used to have us running along the pebbly beach, up the hills. Um, he used to, he used, Tony Farmer, if you know Tony, do you know Tony at all? I, I, to... I remember him from when he was a physio, yeah, he's a, was he a bit old school? He was proper old school. And, um, <laughs> I remember Gary Johnson saying, I, I'd get rid of him, but he gets all my players back fit. Because he, <laughs> what he does, is he, he would jog along the beach at like five mile an hour with his little dog, Jack Russell, yeah. and then he, it it have you it say right just go and run up that hill and back and you'd have to sprint up this hill and then back to him and then you go you get back there and then you go I'm oh, going to do it again it's just like, it's just have you running up and down the beach up and down the beach it was proper old school but again it 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 it's got you back it just didn't want to be with it so you you were that desperate not to go running with him you just went you went I'm sorry I'm fit now I'll go and I'll go yeah. and play <laughs> and how did Stano take to it. To be fair, I think Stano came back really fit. He had been, yeah. he had a year of it, I think, probably the end of it. He, um, yeah, he'd had enough of of seeing him. Yeah. The the other thing that happened that season was you made your England debut against the United States in a in a friendly. That must have been another special experience alongside those others you've had. Mm, yeah, I um I came on. I was on the bench and I came on and. Got the penalty. We were goal down, um, and I came on, got the penalty, and then for the to the equaliser, and then I scored the winner, I think, or the other way around. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it was a fancy, real good sort of occasion. There wasn't too many 
fans there, I'd say. It's obviously it's a massive privilege to um to represent your country at kind of any level, and and I've got the shirt at home. Um or oh, the cap actually, I've got the cap on my wall. Um but yeah, yeah um it's a it's a great yeah, a great occasion and, and um but it wasn't something that massively I thought too much of at the time, maybe. It was kind of um yeah. Yeah, that was my only time. That was the only time I played. There aren't many people who've got an England cap of any nature, so you're 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 in an elite club there, I'd say. No, it's funny though, as you as you get older and you start to appreciate the things that um you didn't sort of maybe think too much of at the time. Like I'd love to go back and have another go at my football career or sort of do you know what I mean, or experience playing at Stamford Bridge in front of thirty five thousand people. But you, you it's funny, you just can't really remember kind of what it's like and what that experience was sort of like at the time long time ago now isn't it but yeah i mean uh, one thing that you remember about that team was the um of that uh, 2000 um, the early years of gary if you like was the attacking lineup i mean gavin williams you mentioned michael mckindo and uh, kurt jackson and, and kevin kevin gold but looking back at the stats you actually scored nine goals before christmas that season i mean it must have been something to be an attacking player as you were with all of that talent around you as well yeah, I um I I remember the season that we went up quite very well because I was flying up till Christmas. Um I had um yeah, like you say, I had nine goals I think by sort of December. Um and then I got injured. I I uh, had a double I had a hernia operation, so I didn't really play. I, I kind of managed to get fit by the end of the season. But um, I was never 100% fit until the next season. So Gary sort of put me in a couple of games um, towards the end of the season. Um, but I, I was never 100% fit until until the next season. So the yeah. confidence, and yeah, I mean, we had a, we had a, like you say, we had an incredible team for the level that they were playing at. And you can see the play, the, the, where the players have moved up through the careers, like Lee Johnson then, Went on to Bristol City. Darren Way went on to Swansea. Gav Williams went on to play in the Premier League. Mckinda again as well. Um, fantastic footballer. Um, and and to put that team together playing in the conference, we we again we were just we didn't think we were going to lose games. We just we we were going and and just thinking Gary wasn't happy unless we were beating teams three three nil half time. You know that that's that's what he wanted. Um, and and that's, I mean, if we, if we got to a point where we were nil nil at half time or even go down at half time, you'd make sure you kept your head down in the change rooms because he he was a pretty angry man. Yeah, he used to. Yeah, he wouldn't be happy. And and if we for any reason we ever lost, he'd have you in the next day and you'd be running. Um, he that's used to do Bert and Bradstock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do something called ticks and crosses um, right. after the game. So we'd it'd make you sit down. And um, he'd put the video on of the game from the day before, um, and you you'd have to pick another player on on the team to do every time they got the ball. You had to do a tick if they kept it, or a cross if they um, uh, if you lost it. Um, right. And it was he used to slaughter people. He used to um, he used to then put all the marks on the board. See how see how uh, everyone got on um and you knew like if you had a bad game you like <laughs> i think once I, I i only got the ball like 17 times i think i gave it away about 10 times and i knew 
<laughs> I knew I was into it, but um, yeah. Fear factor that you actually, if you if he told you to do something, you made sure you did it, and and it didn't matter who you were. If you weren't doing it, you you were out. I think um, I think his legacy. Obviously, he's got a massive legacy at the football club, but I think for a lot of supporters, that legacy of being 3-0 up at half-time is sort of why, as supporters, we get so frustrated, you know, when results don't go our way now, because we can remember just smashing teams and having yeah. really high standards. And I think for any manager, they're always going to have that looming over them. But I'm not so sure that you would sort of... that. I mean, that if you look at the team that... That we had with McKindo, Williams, Lee Johnson, Gav, um, sorry, um, Darren Wade. You, you probably you won't find another team like that playing in the conference. Right. I'm telling you, you won't. The players that were fit and and they were fit every week. You look at the team, like no one, everyone played 30, 40 games a season. Um, and and you had pretty much the team picked itself. Um, and you you are you're struggling to find a team that without having to burst the bank and get like like probably Wrexham did and and Notts County did sort of last year get hundred points but we got a hundred points and everyone was on four hundred quid a week um, because they were the young lads out of um, out of bigger clubs that that fell together nicely and and um, it'd be tough to achieve that sort of again without having to um, bankrupt yourself I would have thought. Yeah, a lightning in a bottle. Mm. I'd say I don't know. I mean, it was again. It's yeah. It was just good to be a part of that team. And I always say to the, I've had sort of little stints at management at Dorchester and 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 and, and things like that. And like you always get remembered as a player for um, for when you win something. You know, you can go and have individual good seasons. I had a good season there. I've had. Good season, but when you're part of a team that wins something, people remember you. You know, like people remember me for being part of the conference team, for being part of um, the team that won the trophy, and and they're the only sort of things really I've won in my career. But and and that's what people sort of remember you for. Um, and and having that winning sort of tag follow you around. When I, when I left, when I got released by Yeovil, um sort of a couple of years later, I could have gone to um, 10, 15 conference clubs I'd thrown me out. I could have taken my pick which conference club I wanted to go to because I was part of that Yeovil team and, and everyone knew that that I knew what it took to, to win the win the conference. So having that, something, you know, being part of a, or when you've actually achieved something is, um, yeah, it's something that people remember you for. It was um, obviously the, I say, promotion into the into the football league. One hundred and eight years we'd uh, we'd waited, as Ian mentioned in the uh, in in the intro. Having seen from turning football uh, full time, I should say, and then seeing that transition through. I mean, how did it feel for you personally to be part of the team that that did that after over a century of the of the club trying to do it? Yeah, it. Yeah, it's it was it's a massive achievement and something that it, it's going to be incredibly tough to to um to, to re for the club to do it again. I mean, you look at 
the, the teams in the conference now is it's um there's some real big <laughs> big incredible teams down there that that um that um have fallen like like we have but to be part of the the team that yeah that brought Yeovil up into the league is something you'll always be remembered for and it, and it, it's um it's something that I'm very proud of yeah very proud of and obviously now being Yeovil citizen I live I've lived in Yeovil now for the for the last sort of 15 20 years and my boys go to Preston school um my wife's from Yeovil so I'll, I'll be here for um for a long time <laughs> so then to to go out in that first league game at, at Rochdale you must have felt invincible off the back of that previous season and then with all the supporters who made that trip up as well what was it like that opening day yeah I remember it was a real hot day um I remember I, I know Kevin Gould obviously um scored the foot Yeovil's first ever league goal but that that sh- that should be mine because I had a um I had a great chance I, I can't remember I, the ball came over and I had a sort of came out the sky I had a really good first touch and it was just open goal and I um I put it over but yeah, I that's something that I do regret not ever scoring Yeovil's first goal because I had that first chance. Really, it was a real good chance, and I and if I and if I'd have had it again, I think I would have scored it. <laughs> well, it ben great, is... yeah, it was a real great occasion. Like you know, balloons everywhere. The fans obviously made the massive trip up, um, and, and we didn't feel we never felt like we were going to let them down. Um, we knew we were fit. We had a real good preseason. Um, obviously, on that role of of winning the conference, and and I think um, we never looked like we we're going to lose. Yeah, we we um, went into it like I said with incredible amounts of confidence, which as a footballer is what what you thrive on. Well, Ben has found out that you're actually alphabetically you are the first player to play in the football league. Uh, One ahead of town. Kevin Goal. Kevin yeah. Goal was the second. <laughs> Good yeah. G and your C. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is something. Tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Occasion. Yeah. Fantastic occasion for like to be a part of. Um, I remember I had, I had a sort of six, seven out of ten game. The one game that I remember not having a good game is at Villa Park. But people don't kind of remember it. But I had a bit of a beast that day. I got dragged after about sixty minutes. Um. But again, people don't remember that. <laughs> Just remember you're winning the t- final. That's all they remember. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I look upon things more fondly, you know. Yeah. Obviously, I did well at Blackpool, but and I had a good game here against Liverpool. We played Liverpool in the FA Cup. Um, so you look more fondly upon the games yeah. you um, actually had a real good game in. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you one that you, you can remember, and um, Ben Ben called it up for us. We just watched it back on YouTube. Was was your goal against um, Bristol Rovers uh, yeah. up at their place? It was an absolute screamer, wasn't it? I mean, do you remember that one? That's your first football league yeah. goal, I think. I do. I had a real good game, not just the goal, but I had a real good game in that, that game. But um, yeah, it was uh, again. It was uh, it was. I think it was the first time that Bristol Rovers and Yeovil have ever met in a sort of a, a league. Yeah, um, it was a mess. I know it was sold out. Um, again, it was quite windy. That goal was a bit wind assisted, if you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't take the shine off it, Chris. And, and, and if I showed it to a friend of mine um, a while ago. He said, oh, "I keep the should have saved that." But, <laughs> yeah. 
didn't know, did he? No. <laughs> Should have done that. But I scored, yeah. And, and it's always nice to win 1-0 as well, isn't it, when you're the only goal scorer. I quite like it. It's Blackpool. And then you kind of take all the limelight. But, um, yeah, I didn't score many like that. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, really proud of that goal. You've, you've touched on it already, but we've got to mention the Liverpool game. We, we've chatted a few about it already. Hugo Rodriguez in particular. Um, yeah. But to give a strong Liverpool side, you know, the runaround and really put them under pressure for so long must have been really something to be a part of in in that midfield. And um, I think a lot of the passing in that game was highlighted by the studio guests on the BBC after. So what was it like being a part of that? That was, a first, that was the first big fixture that I ever saw as a supporter with, you know, the TV cameras coming to town and a big Premier League club. Yeah, that was, again, that was really kind of nerve-wracking. I remember the build-up to it. We had all the sort of the um, journalists down sort of the, on, on the whole week before, really. It's, it felt felt like people filming training, doing interviews outside the ground. Um, I remember being really nervous for that one. It was sort of, I think it was a Sunday kickoff at midday or something yeah. like that. Um, and it was live on, I think, BBC Two, wasn't it? Which was a bit... BBC One or BBC Two, I can't remember. Yeah, it was on BBC, wasn't it? Yeah, so so for me, I'm thinking, God, everyone's watching this, like, yeah. and yeah. and your worst fear is sort of a in in that situation is that actually I could make a bit of a fool of myself. I could have an absolute beast, and and um and um what could go wrong? So I remember being pretty nervous for that one, but um turned out, yeah. We, we, we we had a I personally I, I felt I had a really good game um and and actually for that first particularly in the first half I've watched it back many times I think we we gave them a hell of a game um probably looked the better team in the first half and it wasn't really until they got that dodgy penalty that um uh that that kind of they's trying to get on top you know as soon as as soon as they scored you think that that's kind of it but for, for 60 minutes we gave them a real real good game they yeah. had to bring on emil heskey didn't they to they make did, the difference yeah. and harry killed like the chink to, <laughs> to, to to win that penalty yeah i i remember i played against um el hedge juice yeah and he i don't i just don't i don't think he could be bothered that day he just didn't <laughs> And the ball went. I, I beat him to it, and I just didn't think he he was he, he was that interested to be honest. But um, he made me. Laugh. So <laughs> it, it was really foggy, wasn't it? I remember it being really foggy and cold. Yeah, it was um strange atmosphere. Yeah, it was a strange sort of um fog in the atmosphere. Yeah, I remember it well actually. I remember it well. Um, but yeah, again, we we as a team we did ourselves um yeah a lot of justice, I think, and and um. Yeah, I think we were unlucky. We we had a couple of good chances, I think, as well. Um, Gav, I remember Gav having a couple of um sort of strikes. Um, yeah, another day, you know, if you take the lead in those games, something goes your way. It's um game on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that season probably in the in the second half of it, there's um seems to be a bit of a a gap in the um in 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 your appearance record. What was there was there an injury around that time? Um, seems to be sort of uh, beginning of uh, of Feb, and then you're not playing again until the beginning of of, of April. Was that injury mm. related or? Yeah, I had problems with my hamstring, so I I always had problems with my hamstring. Um, I don't know why, but. 
I would, um, I had certainly at Yeovil um, for the last couple of years I was there. Um, I I did my hamstring on numerous occasions and then I was out and, and I'd come back and then I'd do it again and I'd be out even longer. So I think I had probably two periods where I was out for quite sort of eight, nine, ten weeks at a time. Um, not sure why it used to happen, but it did. I, um, I saw, went to see multiple specialists and things, but um, I don't know why. But yeah, it, I just, I was played a little bit by injury. Yeah, I, I mean, did you you feel as that as a, you saw the team obviously watching the team towards the end of that season? Did that feel like it was going to be your last season at the other club, or was it a bit of a surprise <laughs> to you when it came to an end? I I I think I was I don't know because Gary Johnson I'm not I was never sure if Gary Johnson hundred percent liked me as a player. I right. and I've seen him obviously a lot of times since, and he says um he, he's yeah he he's really friendly and everything and I love him to bits but I was never 100% sure if he kind of if I was his kind of player but when he first um when he first came when he first comes to the club I think obviously the fans kind of really liked me there um he sort of stuck with me for a few years I mean I had some good seasons playing under Gary Johnson but whether he he saw me as a long-term player in his team. I, I, I have my doubts. So maybe I knew that I was going to get released at the end of the season, um, deep down. But it was still a little bit of a surprise to me. I remember when he told me, and I um, was pretty upset. And I got, I went out and sat in the middle of the pitch for a while. Um, I didn't want to leave. Didn't want to leave. Um, but. Yeah, that that's football. And that's that's what happens in football, and you get over it, and then you go and start fresh somewhere else. But yeah, yeah I, I I wasn't sure that I I think I was unsure what was going to happen. He left it late. There was four or five of us that didn't really know what we were doing. We hadn't signed new contracts, and it was getting to the end of the season. I think two or I think Stano was potentially one of those who'd been injured, and I think he stayed and signed another year. Um, but yeah, I left. There was quite a few of us that left that year. Did you stay in touch with any of the the team after you'd left, or did you keep an eye on that season? You know, obviously we uh, won the league yeah, that year. Uh, yeah, I, I I knew that Yeovil would would do well the following year, and I think they they won it, didn't they? They won the league too. Um, I yeah, I forever kept an eye out for Yeovil. Yeah, because like being there for four or five years and and. And playing sort of nearly two hundred games, it's probably the yeah the, the the one club I look out for the most. Um, and obviously living down there now, that it's it's part of. I want my boys to grow up watching the Oval. I want my boys hopefully one day to maybe play out there for the first team. You know, you never know, do you? But um, I keep I keep in touch with sort of Roy O'Brien. Obviously, you've had on the show Chris Will. I speak to quite a lot, Chris Giles. Um. Gav Williams, I saw recently. Um, yeah, so so they kind of keep in touch as much as footballers do, but kind of it's a it's a bit of a funny world football where people come and go all the time. You make best mates, and then suddenly you never see them again. So yeah, it's it's a um, difficult one. Yeah, 
So, I mean, uh, after leaving Yeovil, you, you obviously did did well with Aldershot, then got to play off, mm. play off semi-final. And then you, you you joined a club that we're not allowed to name on this podcast, but they play slightly south of, of Yeovil. But then 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 you went to Dorchester. We're, 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 we're all right with them. And, and you had a spell, as, I think it was player assistant manager. I mean, was coaching yeah. something you, you you felt you want you always wanted to do or is it just did it just happen uh it kind of it happened at dorchester i was very young and i wasn't sort of uh massively ready for it um it's something that i'd love to try one day i'd love to give it a go um one day when i had when i was assistant manager at dorchester um my boy i've got triplet boys as you may well know um and they were three or four at the time. And it was just something that I couldn't commit to. I mean, even at Dorchester's level, if you're assistant or or your manager, your phone never stops ringing. It, it's a, it's a, it's a part-time job, but actually it takes up all your time. Um, and, and it's something that you need to fully commit to. Um, and, and it just wasn't something that, I mean, we did, we did well as a, as a um, in, in sort of management as um at, at, at Dorchester but it's something that you need to fully commit to and give it all your time um to be able to get, succeed because being a um a former player you get I don't know you probably get five ten games before someone goes oh you're not very good at management so <laughs> you know what I mean you you've got got to make an instant impact especially if you're a young manager um so if you do have that opportunity ever you need to make sure you give it your best shot you, we had that spell after Skivo left, didn't we, where we were assistant managerless, and you helped out Darren Sale for one game, I think. Yeah, I did. I didn't do much. I just <laughs> <laughs> you were there. That's all the count is. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I tell you what, I was doing. I was stood up, and I thought this is all. Right. I stood up, and then Weymouth went a goal up, and then I started getting a bit of abuse. I thought, eh, I have to sit down. I had to sit down. <laughs> Got a bit um a hairy up there. It's not a nice place to be when you're um. Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite a lonely, lonely place when you're uh, when things aren't going your way. You can kind of hear every individual voice behind you. Um, yeah, probably know a few of them, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he sort of he just said to me, he texted me. Um, I think a couple of days before, he said, um, "Do you want to help me out with the first team on uh, Tuesday night?" And um, I was like, "Okay, what do you want me to do?" He said, "Nothing, just come in and and have a cup of tea and sit with me." And that was all I did, really. I helped warm the board up, um, and and that was it really. But um, Darren Styles is a real good. Um, yeah, he's doing a good job at Woking. Got on really well with him, and he's just a. Um, he's a young manager, but he'll have a. I'm pretty sure he'll have a real good career ahead of him. Yeah, and 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 then you obviously returned to the club as a as a as a club accountant, and a, I think w- w- were you about during the COVID period, or did you? Because I know you, you then went away again, didn't you? Do you gone by them? Yeah. So I um I I started as a club accountant when we were in the championship. Yeah. Uh, in the accounts department. Sorry, I can't, when when I first started in championship, there were three of us in the accounts department. Um, by the time I'd left, it was just me. Um, I left just after COVID. After uh scott priestnell took over i did a couple of years with scott um be honest i did i i had to go i didn't like what was happening in the club i didn't really want to be part of what was happening in the club um 
so I stepped aside um, and now Martin's taken over. He's kindly offered my job back and I am. Um, yeah, I started a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, how accountancy, how did that come about going from yeah. being a footballer to an accountant? Was it something you, tra- yeah. you had to go training for? And It is. Yeah, I did three years at sort of, um, I did three years to get my qualifications and the, the job sort of, I, I, it was Roy O'Brien actually who was speaking to John Fry and, and he said, oh, Chris is doing his quali- uh, accountancy qualifications because being a footballer, um, obviously it's a real short career. I had this conversation actually last week with Josh Thornton and um, when you come out of football at 35, if you're lucky, you come out of 35 or you might come out 28 and to, to earn the money that, you're earning as a footballer which is which can be sort of real quite good money to then go into a job then to, to leave football you I mean I'm earning the money that I was um I'm earning the money that I was when I was uh sort of 1920 um because coming out of football you it's difficult to then get that wage where do you go How, who's going to give you I don't know a grand a week for instance um working in a building site or if you've got no qualifications so I took the step early when I was still playing for Dorchester to to, to go and do my accountancy qualifications which is something that I always quite enjoyed doing um I enjoyed the thought of and I so I uh I took that uh took the account and then I took the job here and basically learned on the job here and gave me the it's a perfect job really it gives me the opportunity to stay around football and, and understanding how managers work football clubs work and and and, and doing the job of, of the club accountant where um that, that I also enjoy as much as as much as anything and I get to watch the team on a Saturday which is um which is a win-win for me unless you go to haven't like Dave did <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Obviously, there's been so much change over the over the summer since Martin came in. How, how does it feel to be back compared to leaving? Obviously, you said you left, you know, for for your reasons. But w- what does the you know the feel around the club in comparison to then? Um, the feel around the club's um, incredible. It's a it's a massive massive change from how it was. I mean. The, the 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 club was basically I don't want to talk too much about the previous owner but the club was basically left rudderless it, it didn't have an owner it, it was just left to rot to be honest and 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 Martin's come in um um which is an incredible um thing for the football club I mean it's come in and spent so much so much but if you just come and look at the ground what, what the changes that have been made um nothing's nothing's been been sort of spared um and and the players the the budget the football players that you've got on the pitch it's it's a massive turnaround from how it was and and I just wanted to be kind of a part of that because I can see the football club going yeah having a good successful year this year and and hopefully um going back up the leagues where I think I think we should be able to kind of hold our own as a league two club if he's spending a few quid, it'll keep you busy as the accountant as well, I imagine. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Plenty of paperwork. Yeah, yeah, more invoices coming in, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's he's it, come in and he's just given it a, a new lease of life, you know, and someone new around 
um, and and it's got a lot of new faces in that are just sort of driven to to um, to make this club work. You know, he's a, he's a he's a successful businessman that will um, whether whether you like him or not. He what him coming into this football club is the best thing that could have happened at the time because this club was going to go into administration. We had they had no money to pay the wages. It was getting left another month. It would have gone into administration, and and there would be no football club. And Martin's taken it over with. We don't own the ground. It's this the club straddled with debt, and and um. I, I said to him that I wish you would have taken it over three or four years ago when you owned the ground and there was no debt, there was no debt to pay. But um, it's going to cost a, a hell of a lot of money to run the club this year, um, and um, hopefully with with the changes that he's making and, and a bit of success on the pitch, um, you can start to um, sort of stop those losses as, as much as you can. But um, it, it's yeah, it's not sort of pocket money that we're talking about. No, absolutely. Well, it's been it's been brilliant talking to you, and we always finish these podcasts. As you, if you've listened to a few, you might know. Just asking um, you to just say, going to be a few Oval Town play, uh, fans listening to this who remember you as a player. What would be what would you like to say to them about uh, your your time as a player and and now as a captain at the club as well? Yeah, I'd like to sort of. Um... I'd like to sort of maybe sort of thank the fans for for sticking with the club over the last um, well certainly nine ten years because I've got a um, if you look at the results um, since the championship of the club's finished twenty fourth twenty fourth twentieth nineteenth twenty there's a there's a losing mentality around this club but we had we had there was one there was one year where. Um, I think we finished fourth by default in the under Darren Sale, and yeah. but that was the year that COVID hit and no one was allowed in to watch any of the games. So basically, the fans have been watching losing football for the last sort of nine, possibly ten years. But actually, we're still getting two and a half thousand fans every week. Um, so for for them to stick with the club, um, stick by the club. Um, Hopefully, the, this year and 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 now the club's under new ownership that that they start to repay that um sort of that that loyalty by showing you some real good football and results on the pitch. Yeah. And and you mentioned about your your, your boys playing for the youth teams. Are going to be another Crittenden uh, turning out in green and white in the near future? I I I hope so, but I mean. Um, they love football. They're sporty. I've got two boys that that play football, and and they 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 sort of in this sort of JPR setup. So, um, they're good little footballers. Um, and you never know, do you? You just got to enjoy it. I tell them, I just say, you just got to go out and enjoy football, and and to see where it takes you. I don't put any pressure on them. You show them that goal at, at Bristol Rovers, do you? Show them that. Say that's how it's done, boys. That's how it's done. <laughs> No, they're they're big. Ollie loves it. Ollie, my um, my yeah, my 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 eldest boy. If you can call him eldest, that triplets, <laughs> the oldest. Yeah. But he 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 comes every week. He loves it. He just wants to come and watch. He wants to go in the Thatcher's End. Um, he wants to go to away games. Gonna start taking him to more. We went to a few away games last year, but start taking him to away games. Um, and um, yeah, he's just got that bug for football. He loves it. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Right. Right. No, it would be amazing legacy to see another Crittenden in, in green and white. You never know, dear. You never know. You never know. Well, thank you very much for your time, Nick. Really Enjoy. appreciate it. It's been uh, yeah, great to talk to you. And yeah, thank you for scoring so many famous <laughs> goals. <Yeah. And> look <laughs> after those books for us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keep up the good work, guys. Enjoy the chain. Thank you. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil.